radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM. Today, I have Kevin Callahan with me. He is an MSPOD, need to figure out what that is, but also an ICEEC, and that is a topic I want to talk about, clarify what those acronyms stand for. Uh, Kevin, I think you are dialing, tuning in from Maine. If that's that is correct. correct. Yep. Here we go. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Good to be here. Yeah, cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, ICEEC, but first and foremost, what is MSPOD? MSPOD, that is a Master's of Science in Positive Organization Development. So that's a, a, um, a degree granted by the Weatherhead School of Management at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. And what it seeks to do is take uh, sort of a traditional OD perspective and, and sort of manipulate it to have a complexity perspective around it. Um, and to have, you know, much of traditional OD and this maybe starts getting right to the core of enterprise coaching. Um, so much of, of traditional OD and change management is, is a predictive process control or predictive improvement control where we can know what sort of left the whole path is going to be. Right. <laughs> and, and what um, the degree program that I participated in is, is much more about um, an evolutionary process of becoming. And so we have lots of different strategies and tools and whatnot in our, in our quiver uh, but uh, it's it's starting with the the acknowledgement that um, you know human systems are complex things, and so you don't always know, can't always know really what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. And so how do you how do you go undergo organizational change through that lens? Wow, awesome, sounds super super interesting. Uh, and and the one thing um, that you are building a bridge to is is the organizational capabilities. Uh, we want to talk a little about enterprise coaching. Mm -hmm. ICEEC. I know what that is from. That is uh, yep. um, That is a uh, track. That is a learning path. That's an expert learning path um, of IC Agile. So there is uh, the certificates. They're more like on uh, knowledge based uh, certificates, training courses, etc. That is very very different. You were uh, instrumental in that enterprise coaching. Obviously, Agile enterprise coaching. Um, uh, part of that. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Can you just give it like a quick overview of what that program is and, and like, you know, what, you know, let listeners out there and it's like, what, what is this enterprise and why is there an expert certificate and how does this all fit together? Yeah. So, so maybe the, the first thing is just to differentiate the, the E part versus the P part. So, the, you know, IC Agile as a accrediting body and a certifying body has two kind of uh, classes of certification. One is a, a the professional certification, which is a knowledge-based cert, you go to the class, um, you participate in the class, you pretty much get the cert. Mm -hmm. um, then there's the expert level, which is a competency-based certification. So it's a fundamentally different shift. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, um, what that looked like was sitting before a panel of fellow experts um, to demonstrate your competency across a series of, of sort of defined outcomes or learning objectives that you needed to be able to um, kind of speak to. So if you're going for uh, agile team coaching, um, you had to be able to demonstrate to a panel of experts that you knew how to coach, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Um, rather than, you know, some of the other certifying bodies are like heavily artifact based. And if, you know, I've had some bad experiences like, oh, I, I didn't fill out the form right. <laughs> so <laughs> because I didn't fill out the form right, they didn't 
you know, they rejected my application, right? And said you have to go redo it. So what we want to do, what we wanted to do uh, starting back in 2018 or so when IC Agile invited a group of us to build this new uh, certified expert in enterprise coaching um, pathway or learning objective was to say um, our, our kind of guiding paradigm was uh, we want to create a cohort-based experience. So you have to go through a cohort to, to earn this certification um, because the cohort leads need to understand who are you as a coach right. and, and what are you capable of and where do you have gaps and where do you have strength and how are you working with those things and, and um, through, that, through that cohort experience, you're, you are building an artifact, a, an experience journey or you know, case study where there's lots of different ways we can call it. Um, the, the difference for me is that it is not about the artifact. It is about becoming the coach who can create the artifact. Right. And that's why we do the cohorts. That's why we have um, really skilled leads who uh, you know, are, are facilitating those cohorts. It's, it's, you know, I work with Adventures with Agile on their track, and we're really clear in ours that you know, we're there with you. For me, it's a really intimidating thing to do, actually, uh, because I'm working with my peers in this in this very high level senior practitioner space. Um, and in every co, I think we we're, we've just wrapped up our third one. There's people that know more than I do about some of the stuff. Like yeah. that's the reality of enterprise coaching. That it is a huge, wide, deep field, and none of us can know all of it. Like we're gonna run into people that know a lot more about certain things. Mm-hmm. So you know, what's your relationship to that? Yeah. In a, in a recent episode with uh, Bob Gale, and I talked about uh, um, agile coaching, I think more from a team's perspective in that particular mm-hmm. episode, right? Um, with you, I, re- I really want to explore a little bit enterprise coaching, how that differs, and what are the, the differences. So like, let's say somebody is a Scrum Master, let's say, right? Yep. Somebody is an, is an agile coach working with a single team within an organization, but maybe not with Scrum, right? Something else. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how, what are the differences or if somebody says, oh, I'm interested in, I'm intrigued, I'm, I'm learning about expert enterprise coaching and I would like to, uh, you know, go on a journey in my career. What, what would yeah. that look like and what, is, what does that entail? And is it for me? So I, th- I think, um, I, th- I think first and foremost, you'll probably get different answers from different people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the way that I answer that, and uh, my good friend and colleague, Lurie Lindauer, and I um, have put a talk together on this very question, sort of what's the difference between a, a team level coach and an enterprise coach? And fundamentally, the, the, the short answer is it's, it's a question of scale and of, and of com- level of complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is not is a linear progression of path of, oh, you need to start as a team level coach, which is a stepping stone to enterprise coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, though, a, a skilled team level f- coach is, is a, its own discipline. Mm-hmm. It's a fully featured functional discipline um, that to be really good as a practicing team level coach, like some people, that is really what they want to do. Right. And I think it's important to honor that and to say, yeah, there's things that you know how to do as a team level coach um, that a practicing enterprise coach won't necessarily know how to do. They might never have done it or they might have forgotten how to do it. Um, apologies if there's a bunch of noise behind me or um, got pots being sorted through or something. Um, so there's, it, it's not a linear journey. It's, it's two equally valid um, professional disciplines 
that uh, ought to have, I believe, have the same kind of weight and respect. Right. Um, they are, it is, it is a fundamentally different kind of level of complexity um, because, you know, as a team level coach, you might be working with one or two or three teams. And as an enterprise coach, you might be working with, you know, one or two or 300 people or more. Um, and so there's that, it, it just, yeah. it's very, very different. Like, you know, some of the patterns like, Hey, you should probably have some degree of alignment and agreement. You should probably have explicit policies. You should probably be taking an economic outlook. You know, a lot of the stuff that we pull from Kanban is, is true at both stages. Um, you should be sensitive to your context from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, using like a Kinevin perspective and, and what kind of constraints are we putting in place and what kind of practices are we um, deploying and, you know, what kind of probe sense respond feedback loops um, do we have running? Um, all of that stuff is, is intact in both domains, both disciplines. It's yeah. just how it actually looks is really, really different. Right. Um, so that's interesting. And, we see them as, as parallel tracks. Um, yeah. Like going, you know, next to each other. You could go for the team. You could go for enterprise. Uh, but you could also do, obviously, a stepping stone. Say, I start with the team and then expand. Yep. Maybe, maybe there are more insights that way, right? How do I build mm -hmm. with teams? Because at some point you do, even on an enterprise coaching level, you, you will interact with um, the teams. Yeah, it, it, definitely. And you will definitely be interacting with some level of team coach, whether it's a scrum master or a team agile coach. Um, if, if we're talking about the scale of an engagement that or scale of an organization or scale of a change that requires uh, an enterprise skill set, by nature, again, the complexity is higher. We cannot attend to all of the sort of tactical day-to-day -day stuff. That doesn't mean it's not important or it's less important. Mm -hmm. It means it needs somebody else who is their job to focus on that. Right. And that's their skill set and that's where they're really dialed. And so, and then we can, we can collaborate together and make sure that they're, you know, again, that alignment is making sense and mm -hmm. that, you know, people are, um, actually behaving as if they belong to the same organization instead of behaving as if they belong to lots of little organizations, yeah. um, which is really counterproductive. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff that, that uh, happen with that. Yeah. So, so, so what are the, some of the stances or things that might change from a, from a team level to an enterprise uh, coaching level, right? So like what, what is, what makes enterprise coaching so unique? Um, if you want to paint a picture for like a scrum master out there or somebody who is possibly starting the journey. Yeah. A coaching field so um, one of one of the um there's a couple of things just off the top of my head one of them is and let me just take a couple of notes on this um one of them is is who are you working with mm -hmm. and so as a team level coach uh which i've i filled that role you know my, my path along uh as, a, as an agilist is kind of interesting because uh you know, I've been around long enough that I was actually a scrum team developer. <laughs> so I actually worked on a scrum team as an engineer. I worked as a scrum master. And then I, I sort of grew into a, an agile coach role, not because it was a intentional pathway. It's just sort of what happened as I worked impediments that started reaching outside of my team or teams to other parts of the organization. And so then I started coaching other parts of the organization because they needed help so that they could not be an impediment to the development uh, effort right yeah. and and then as uh that started getting improvements and uh, the narratives the, the way people were talking about their work started changing and executives started taking notice that something was different and mm -hmm. they didn't know what except that i was involved 
And so they kind of said, we don't know what you do. Literally, I got called into the, the CFO's office, who was like also our head of HR. Wasn't a good thing to get called into his office. <laughs> and, and he sits me down and he closes the door and I'm like, I don't know what I did to get fired, but I think I'm getting fired. And he goes, he just looks at me and he says, we, we don't know what you do. And I go, I'm definitely going to get fired. <laughs> and, he, and he says, so we don't know what you do, um, but we can tell it makes a big difference. And we, can, we know we want more of it. So we want to create a position for you. We don't know what it will be called. So can you tell us what we should call your new role? And we don't know what you need from us support-wise. So what if I give you an empty budget template and you tell me how much money you need to be effective? And we'll start there. Wow. And so, and that was back in, that was 10 years ago. Yeah, um, do you remember the name you gave for that? Position? I said, yeah, I said Enterprise Agile Coach, right? But that was, I'm, you know, because um, that's kind of what it was. But I also realized very quickly, like, oh my gosh, like I got, I got a thin set of tools for this job, which yeah. is why I went back to graduate school to get my master's in organizational development um, to try to kind of fill that sort of backfill a little bit so that I didn't feel totally uh, without um any, yeah. any kind of skills and capabilities and knowledge as I was trying to operate at a higher level. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, um, so that's one thing of, of, so as a team coach, sorry, I totally went off, but, uh, off topic though. So as a team coach, you tend to work with, you know, a team or teams, you might work with their, their managers, their sort of mid-level management. Um, you might work with other agile coaches. You might be coaching scrum masters. Um, you know, so that's sort of the scope as a, as an enterprise coach, um, the people that I'm working with tend to be very senior leaders, sometimes executives, sometimes um, not quite, maybe like VPs or director level. Um, but I don't, for the most part, work day to day with teams and team members, the, you know, the, the people doing the delivery. I'm working um, with people like chief product owners and portfolio managers and heads of PMOs and, um, you know, program heads and, and people who are trying to um, strategically pivot their organizations to achieve uh, better results or respond to pressures that they're not sure how to respond to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so depending on what you're attracted to, um, one of those may be more attractive, more interesting, right? right. Um, I really like being a trusted advisor and I really like coaching leaders to become more effective leaders, especially senior leaders, because I think they have the best uh, opportunity to change the whole systems, mm -hmm. right? Like if we're trying to get a value stream uh, orientation, you're going to have a hard time with a team, a software team, convincing other participants in that value stream to reorganize with them. And they might not even have the authority to do so. Versus a program head, you know, we can, I can talk to them about a value stream and they can say, wow, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Now we can talk about how might you start making that transition right. um, in a safe and evolutionary way. Yeah. So, um, Again, like who are you working with, right? Are you working with senior level people? Um, it, it tends to be much less concrete for the most part. Yeah. You know, a lot of conversations, a lot of coaching conversations, a lot of, um, you know, leading from very far behind yeah. <laughs> um, and not a lot of credit for the work that, that happens as a result because, you know, that's what we want. We want people to feel like they've done the work themselves. The improvement is there because of them. Maybe the speed not because of, of us. Change. Yeah, but maybe the speed of change is also a little bit slower. I would assume, right? It's like how things Very. progress, right? So, um, the place that I started as an enterprise coach, uh, I was there as an agilist for five years. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and made a very lasting impact based on what other people tell me. Right? I 
I, that's not what I'm saying. That's what other, that's the feedback I've gotten from, you know, the executives and people that were on the teams uh, that it changed a lot because I was there, but it took years. And one of my current engagements, we've just flipped past year three and it's starting to pop. In some ways we've kind of slid uh, backwards or regressed in other ways. Um, we've made just amazing, amazing, uh, you know, the sophistication, for example, of our multi-level Kanban or mm-hmm. portfolio intake processes, um, the way that we organize uh, in response to work. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, that's really a fundamental change within an organization. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like this. Did you just say three years? You were like, yes. almost three, year? three yeah. years. Yeah. That is, that is something I recently saw in a business agility report from the Agile Alliance as well. Mm-hmm. That was like the average time where somebody would see the first benefits of, yeah. of a true, like oh, that was more like around business agility, right? Uh, yeah. Things take time. Things do take time. They, they do. And so, um, you know, another thing that, that a, as an enterprise coach, you ought to be pretty familiar with is negotiating contract and negotiating customer engagements and negotiating sort of parameters and expectations. Um, you know, we could call that a, a designed alliance if you want to use sort of coaching speak, um, mm-hmm. or you can call it a contract or kind of whatever. There's, there's different nuances, of course. Um, but one of the questions I ask is, what do you expect from a time perspective this to take? You know, you're talking to me for a reason. How long do you think it's going to take? Because I want to know what are they thinking. Right. Um, and I would much rather, because they also have a set amount of money that they're going to spend. And I've been a 40-hour-a-week button-seat agile coach mm-hmm. on-site Monday through Thursday, and then you fly home Thursday night. And if you're lucky, you get to see your family for a couple of days before you go back. And, you know, most of the time, I, it was in a wait state. You know, we're yeah. waiting for engagement or we're trying to, we're trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd much rather from a, from an enterprise perspective, say, let's have me there a little bit every week or have me available. Uh, and you call me, you pull me in, like it's on you. We're going to, you're going to pay me some relatively modest amount every, every week or every month for a yeah. longer period. Um, so that we are more likely to get that change rather than, you know, go, go really hard and fast for a quarter. Mm-hmm and pretend, you know, and then we, we train a bunch of teams and you walk away and nothing changed, yeah. but they spend a lot of money and they check the box. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's another, that's another kind of angle on the, the enterprise yeah. piece of that gets into the business agility piece of, of, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you operate a business? How do you operate an organization? Yeah. You know, there's governance and there's budgeting and there's finance and there's, you know, HR policies and there's um, all of that stuff that a team level coach is probably not going to be interacting with at all. Mm-hmm. Well, these are the fundamental changes that on business actually. So how would you define the, the, the difference? I just don't want to, I don't want to just jump over there. Yeah. If somebody listens to this and says like, I hear business agility a lot. We're talking about enterprise agility. Like, yeah. What are the, are there any differences? <laughs> All the buzzwords. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a very pragmatic practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and I've been trying to, to distill down this kind of concept of agility for years. And what I've come to believe it is, is the best def- definition of it is, um, do you retain choice? As an organization, do you have choice to respond rather than react? Um, do you understand when you've made commitments and why? Is the decision-making process by which you make those commitments coherent and transparent and um, sensitive to the context you might be in? Mm-hmm. And that sometimes you, you know, again, I'm a big 
proponent of the Kinevin framework um, and Dave Snowden's work, Kinevin yeah. Center. And so because of things look so different depending on what context you're operating in and context isn't like homogenous, right? They're all, it's all swirling together anyway. Right. Um, are we bringing the right kind of thinking to the, to the kind of problem that we're trying to work with? And oh, by the way, if it's a complex problem, those changes you work with. Right. Right? You do something to it and it's going to morph and turn into something else. And so your whole plan just went out the window. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's in your favor and sometimes it's not. But again, do you have choice? Do you have the ability to pivot with that thing or let it go? Or are you locked into something uh, because you have an annual budgeting process, for example? It's exactly. like, well, we already know that's not what we decided to do this year. Right. Oh, so we're going to wait. Well, it's that opportunity is going to be gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's here and now. It- so. Right, right, and that, that makes things slower, right? Because you, you might have missed an opportunity to change that and you might need to wait yep. another year. And yep. uh, obviously, how many years does an organization have to build this kind of system to uh, work effectively and respond to their customers in an effective way? Right? Well, so, uh, y- y- yeah, and, and you know, uh, the world doesn't owe any organization a, an existence. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, Fact number one, <laughs> the world owes your company or your organization, whatever it is, nothing. Yeah. And so your job, if you would like to survive, is to um, kind of interact with the world as the world is, not as you want it to be. Right. And, and most places say that the rates of change have gone up, the rates of interdependence have gone up, the sensitivity to disruption have gone up, whether it's COVID, whether it's workforce, whether it's whatever, supply chain. Um, customer expectations, social media, whatever. Uh, we need to be able to respond, not just be chasing reactions. Um, and so that that need to be able to preserve choice, I think, is really really critical. If you do that, you you have achieved agility mm-hmm. um, as a as an adjective, <laughs> not yeah. a noun, right? Um, and and whether you're talking about enterprise agility or business agility, I don't really know that the terminology is that important. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, are you, sure. yeah, yeah, are you, are you pivoting, right? Are you working with the world as the world invites you and changes or are you risking uh, making horrible decisions that are mm. catching up to you? And a lot of organizations have made horrible decisions that caught up to them. That's right. And right. again, the world doesn't owe them an existence. Some, right. some have some protections like insurance companies have a lot of regulatory support, um, you know, certain manufacturing sectors have a lot of, uh, you know, governmental support or, you know, industry support. Uh, so. Um, but things change yeah. even there, maybe on a slower mm-hmm. pace, but it will, uh, mm-hmm. it will change. No, I just wanted to clarify a little bit. Yeah. Those, those topics usually very often come up. I myself, as you know, work in a similar space on a, on a coaching yep. side. However, uh, what I would like to know from you is, because that's something I encounter quite a bit, is um, when I do work on enterprise uh, engagements, right? That's mm-hmm. at the team level. It's uh, what's very interesting is that organizations. Uh, uh, I have a tool, right? But what I'm noticing is that uh, organizations come up with their own definition of agile. Oh yeah. So like the when we're saying like you know agile enterprise coaching, you know, on a team level, I think we have very good definitions because of certain. Uh, process frameworks in place, et cetera, and, and, and implementing those on a, on a team and working and obviously refining. But on an enterprise level, that is very different because organizations are very different. Mm-hmm. What kind of tool 
do you see out there and uh, how do you level set, let's say, because the Agile Manifesto, I'm <laughs> going with this, should be the driving force of what we think as a common understanding of what Agile is, right? Um, I think it's it it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I think it might it might it might be um it might be a little. I, I think that we've learned a tremendous amount, right? The first line is we're learning better ways of building software by doing it, um, and so I think that it 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 has, you know, I'm going to use a gesture here. <laughs> yeah. Joe said you can't gesture because audio only. But if you think of sort of like a a, a center or a net, uh, of a cent of concentric circles, you know, like maybe the Agile Manifesto is sort of one of these sort of yeah. fundamental centers but it has grown a lot like our knowledge base has grown like you know certainly maybe uh scrum was was pretty well baked uh, in 2001 um kanban you know david anderson's blue book came out in 2006 like we've learned about that since then yeah. um you know value stream uh, orientation was pretty well known in manufacturing but it hadn't yet really made the leap over to knowledge work yet um, same thing with theory of constraints, like it hadn't yet made the leap out of, you know, really highly predictable, repeatable process management into how do you apply this towards knowledge work with its inherent variability and randomness. Um, but now we know, right? Like now we have access to these things that has been created. We just have to be curious and humble enough uh, to, to go out there and find it. Um, you know, we're adding we're adding to that knowledge base right mm -hmm. now and putting a podcast yep. up, right? So yeah, so right. Um, up, right. Yeah. So yeah. I think again, like I'm a I'm a pragmatic pra practitioner. I'm I'm an uh, an empirical practitioner. So I don't know. Like I'm not a fan of highly prescriptive frameworks. Like I don't want to get into you know safe good or safe bad. I right. think safe has some very big assumptions about um, the predictability of what you need. Uh, maybe that's you know, uh, whatever. I, I choose not to pursue that uh, that particular framework. Um, I think there's a lot of amazing stuff in it, uh, like multi-level Kanban. I think that's usually a pretty good idea for your intake management. Um, I, you know, and so so again, there's some good practices in there. Uh, I, all, I can't remember where down, we are coming down to the practices, right? Uh, on yeah. Level. So it is a little buffet style here. Uh, mm -hmm. What you're describing and. Uh, and there's sometimes, and I don't know, I, I just want to see if you share that uh, ex mm -hmm. experience that organizations sometimes are, it's like, yes, we do want to go agile, but the question is, what, what does it actually mean in the first place? Um, right. So like, what's the direction where we're going with this? And sometimes, especially on the leadership side, uh, we, or I encounter situations where um, it's not necessarily clear what, what agile actually means. And there's some eye-opening conversations sometimes in the beginning. Thank God it's- Right, right. Right before we go down a path like this, uh, but it is a crucial thing to work with an organization um, to, you know, um, introduce agility in a way that it's a it's it's a it's a common understanding, like not necessarily creating a custom solution for a for a for a specific organization, right? Yeah, and, you know, and and I think one of the the things that I. Again, I, I think a lot of the effectiveness is, as an, in an engagement as an enterprise coach comes down to what did what did we agree to together? Yeah. Right. And and who was a party to that agreement? Um, yeah. So so who's sort of the the key stakeholder, or the sponsor in this client organization, mm -hmm. and who's you know as an enterprise coach, uh, it ought to be you. Like you ought to be able to meet with someone who is a program or higher lead and has some pretty substantial business problems that they can articulate to you and yeah. pressures that they can articulate to you 
And if they can't, that you can probe and draw them out mm-hmm. uh, to say, well, why are we really talking? Right. That's one of the questions I'll ask in, in early conversations with prospect prospective clients of like, why are we talking? Like, what are you, um, what do you want to do that's different than what you're doing today? Or what are you trying to become that you're not today? Or what, what's your pain point? You know, and usually they'll say things like, oh, we're too slow or um, we're not aligned or um, whatever. Um, they, they don't, conversations, right? Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't know how to, uh, what, they don't know how to start work. They don't know how to do intake. Um, so again, if, if, if agility is fundamentally about choice and preserving choice, I think one of the most important questions out of kind of the theory of constraints world is what's your signal to start work? And if you don't know what that is, you're probably starting too much. And if you're starting too much, like it's been well studied what happens if you take a flow-based system and you overload it, it slows down, it bogs down, everything takes longer, it incurs rework, your quality goes down. Um, You know, people get really dissatisfied um, because that's that kicks off sort of, uh, you know, self-reinforcing loops of not enough is getting done. So people are um, kind of leaned on to do more. And if they're not at the constraint or constraints, then they're actually degrading the system further and becoming demoted. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh, like we can just see this play out just time and time and time again. And so, um, yeah, as an enterprise coach, like you got to be familiar with that stuff um, yeah. and be able to go have those conversations and, and understand, you know, what is your signal to start work? Do you know? What, what is your ability to preserve choice? And to be very careful about what you actually commit to because that matters. And then by the way, if it's all complex adaptive response, uh, you never really know anyway, because as, as soon as you think, you know, the risk is it changes into something else, or you missed the key, uh, quiet signal of what was actually really, really important. And you did the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, crucial conversations, right? Because, you know, if, even for for the coach itself, right? It's like if you're coming in as an outsider, like as an external, uh, let's say, agile mm-hmm. coach, um, trusted advisor, things like yeah. that, just mentioned, right? Super important for uh, level setting the the engagement. Um, I wanted to bring you on here, Kevin, exactly what we just talked about and uh, to uh, create awareness around this topic, uh, introducing the topic of enterprise coaching. That's mm-hmm. awesome, right? I, I really think uh, it is important. And also what you said about um, these parallel tracks, um, that there is coexistence, uh, yeah. that, that the knowledge, the body of knowledge became so big that there is space for yeah. all parallel uh, things uh, way back, 20 years back, uh, things were different. Uh, mm-hmm. Like introducing it to a team, enterprise agility, as far as I know, did not exist. Uh, that topic, the concern, yeah. uh, the awareness and everything. And I think what you just did was uh, really uh, level setting this uh, very, very nice uh, for uh, for the listeners. But before we depart, I want to ask you, yeah, uh, just like, I don't know if I just put this out there. What would you like to see change? I mean, you're so involved in this <laughs> discipline. What is it you like, just if there was one thing you would like to see changed out there in, in terms of agile enterprise coaching, business agility that causes pain to you? Um, where you would say, I wish I could change that or turn back time or uh, create awareness. <laughs> what would it be? Yeah. I know I'm putting a big one out here. If, if I could be king for a day with my magic wand. Um, I, I think honestly, the, the thing 
that I would I would invite is um, a higher level of critical thinking and and a more serious empirical mindset of of really um, being able to admit, look, we don't know right now. And thus, we need to get some information. And it's not about getting all the information. It's about getting enough of the information to make a, a, an informed decision um, mm-hmm. that we can take the next step. And, and it's really unsexy <laughs> yeah. to do so. Um, and, it, and there's no certificates to sell. And there's no frameworks to sell. Um, it's just really hard, pragmatic work. It's kind of like, you know, just getting back to the fundamentals of if you want to get stronger, like go lift heavy stuff. Like it's really unsexy. It's really unglorious. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard work and it's hard every single time you do it. Yeah. Um, but that's how you get the results. And if we want to change the way our organizations are functioning, um, I think attending to the, the less flashy, mm-hmm. less sexy stuff that is where the, the actual next step change is to evolve together towards a better outcome is um, that's where I would like to see us go as a sort of an, uh, a, an industry of practitioners. Oh, what a nice outlook. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we're both in this field and we're going to yeah. keep monitoring the events of how things are going, but it was really nice talking to you. I want to say thank Thanks, you Joe. And yeah. uh, good luck with all your work. And I'm thank sure you. We're going to speak again and maybe we bump into each other at uh, Agile conferences again. I hope so. Yeah, or, or Agile New York or wherever. Who knows? Yeah. Come up to me and let me know. Here we go. Um, yeah, and, and definitely I, I just extend an invitation if uh, you know if people want to learn more, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm about launching a new website, so LinkedIn is probably the, the best place to find me. Um, Kevin Callan, MSPOD, and, and reach out, connect, uh, send me a note. I'd, I'd love to hop on calls and just chat mm-hmm. with folks or you know, now that conferences are happening again, if you see me, like, I love to just talk to people. I love to, to learn together. So yeah, we'll add yeah. all that to the show page. Perfect. So people can just click on it. And awesome. It. Even better. Kevin, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Take all care. right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.